Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, good morning and welcome to the presentation of our annual report for 2011. Today, I will take you through our presentation alone because we have extended the executive management and if all were to present, we would take too much of your time. And after the disclaimer, we are proud to announce that Eiffel Smith in the last quarter delivered our best quarterly operating result ever. And also for the whole year, we achieved a 9% growth and a 9.9% EBIT ratio in 2011. This is an ideal basis for launching our new strategy to unfold our growth potential. And finally, we are proposing a dividend of 9 kroner per share. The agenda is also new, and it's not a coincidence that minerals is mentioned before cement. The financial developments in the last quarter were up on all counts. Both order intake and revenue was up by one third. And this was due to a continuing strong demand for customer services. More importantly, the results were up by two thirds. And this is due to operational leverage as well as a favorable product mix and solid order execution. Also, the cash flow from operations increased. This also pulled up, the strong finish pulled up the financial figures for the whole year, which is also up on all counts, except for the cash flow from operations, but this is due to a temporary spike in working capital in the last quarter. Please note that our purchase price allocations in line with increasing acquisitions is now up around 200 million kroner per year. The emerging markets again delivered more than two-thirds of our revenue last year and the BRIC countries alone 21%. And by segment, minerals is now the undisputed majority of our activities with 56% of the group turnover last year. As mentioned, the revenue increased by one-third, and as usual, it increased through the quarters. And by the end of the year, we saw an increase in EBIT to an all-time high ratio. The EBIT ratio is thereby continuing at stable level between 9 and 10%, This has been the case throughout fluctuating markets and throughout the cycle, which is quite unusual for a company in a cyclical industry. But it's not a coincidence. It's due to our asset-light business model, which means that we have very flexible cost structures. The order intake increased by one-third, thereby maintaining also a strong order backlog. And... It's very positive to note that the step change in level of our unannounced orders was sustained in the fourth quarter at a run rate of approximately 4 billion kroner per quarter. And here we, for the first time, give the WIST service information about timing of conversion of our order backlog, which will be 62% this year and 23% next year. The working capital increased by the end of the year, but that was due only to a high level of execution and thereby a number of invoices in by the end of the year that are not yet due for payment. This brought temporarily down the cash flow from operations, which was also reduced by paid taxes in a number of countries because we have transferred our intellectual property rights to Denmark. We continue to have a strong financial platform with a gearing of zero and an equity ratio of 35%, well above our target of minimum 30%. And we've used the cash for five acquisitions last year. 
We are proposing a nine kroner dividend per share, which is a payout ratio of exactly 33% and a 3% dividend yield. Minerals is turning such beautiful and tidy sites like this in the Andes into a record year for minerals. The best ever result, the highest revenue, the largest order intake ever. And we saw a strong revenue growth, almost 50% in the last quarter, and the order intake up by two-thirds. Again, a consistent high level of unannounced orders. The run rate is approximately 2.6 billion Danish kroner. The drop in the EBIT ratio in the first half of the year was, as we announced by then, due to two uh, loss-making products in material handling, in bulk materials, one in iron ore and one in coal, but that we have all put behind us now. Looking at the distribution of our order intake in minerals, we can see that by industry, copper is by far our largest with more than one third, followed by gold, and coal is increasing as well. And by technology, it's comminution with 42%. This is very positive because on the big products, comminution is usually ordered first, and it means that there will, on the same products, then be a lot of potential separation contracts downstream in our pipeline. We continue to see a strong demand for mining equipment. Why? Because the basic drivers are still in place, driving, for instance, coal, iron ore, fertilizers, and copper. Also, no significant changes in the competitive landscape. It's very positive for us in F.L. Smith that the global mining customers are now requesting global suppliers with a broad range of products and services. And this is exactly what our one-source concept is all about. And again, here the service information about conversion of order backlog with 72% this year, 73%, and 20% next year. Cement continues to be a very valuable activity for us. A mixed year in 2011, strong execution, and here we allow ourselves to say quietly, as usual, in spite of scattered markets, the orders went up 17%, excluding the service part. As mentioned earlier, cement was last year hit by a number of different independent uh, negative surprises. For instance, in India, where the high activity led to inflation and therefore a high interest rate, which has meant a temporary slowdown in investments. And the Arab Spring meant that investments in the Middle East were postponed. These and similar events has led to a reduction in order intake, in turnover, and therefore also in results. But it's uh, very positive that in spite of reduced operational leverage, cement has achieved a satisfying 10% EBIT ratio. And the conversion of the order backlog is 52% this year and 26% next year. We had a very strong revenue growth and margin improvement in the last quarter, again due to favorable product mix and also completion of some better-than-expected products. Here the run rate of unannounced orders is approximately 1.4 billion kroner. The market for new cement capacity dropped by 29% last year. But in spite of the slowdown, both India and the Middle East continue to be high markets. Now we see Russia and Africa coming strongly. Eversmith maintained our leading market share of approximately one-third. Customer services is a focus area for us, and it delivered a strong revenue growth last year, especially in minerals, where the revenue was up 22% and accounted for one-third of all the minerals activities, but also in cement, which grew by 9%, and accounted for 40% of all the cement activities. 
And in minerals, the order intake grew even more by one third, whereas in cement, the order intake fell 44% because of the tough comparison with the previous year where we had extraordinary high order intake in operation and maintenance. Finally, our most beautiful products from Semprit that had a good last quarter due to mild weather. And for the year as a whole, they doubled the EBIT. We are both mid and long term very optimistic for Semprit, but it will be after a couple of more moderate years. And with that, it's a great pleasure for us to announce after more than one year's preparation and planning from bottom to board, our new vision and our new group strategy. And it's a growth strategy. Our new vision is that we will be our customers' preferred full-service provider of sustainable minerals and cement technologies. No more, no less. It means we will focus on six key industries, being coal, iron ore, fertilizers, copper, gold, and cement. This is not new, but we will not diversify it into unrelated industries, and that's a promise. Instead, we will differentiate by offering full service. And being a full service provider to us means that sales of products and machinery will no longer be the end. It will more be the means to obtaining the possibility of servicing our customers, which will also reduce our dependency on the cycles. Life cycle approach means that our value proposition will be a holistic life cycle approach where the total cost of ownership should be lower than that of any of our competitors. We will work to achieve a full flow sheet in our industries, and through that it is our ambition to become market leader in all of our prioritized industries. The means to obtaining that is three strategic themes. First and foremost, customer intimacy, meaning that we will establish closer relations and thereby differentiate ourselves so that it's not all about price. Secondly, product leadership, meaning that we, through innovation, will ensure cutting-edge products and service offerings. And finally, operational excellence, meaning that we will maintain our ownership to seamless sales and execution. And to support this new strategy, it's necessary also to further develop our structure and our organization. So we will move from the previous two simple divisions into four new divisions. We will develop services globally and harvest synergies in working across all our industries. Minerals, where we see the biggest potential for growth, we will split into two new divisions. Our material handling technologies are primarily needed in bulk minerals, such as coal, iron ore, and fertilizers, whereas our minerals processing technologies are primarily needed in non-ferrous minerals, such as copper, gold, aluminum, pulp, and paper. And also cement will be strengthened. It will now have its own full-time global division head rather than just a part-time CEO. And in all of these four divisions, they will now be able to individually optimize how they can obtain customer intimacy in each of their industries, also using decentralized product development that we are bringing closer to the customer. However, we will continue to harvest synergies by maintaining integrated research here in Denmark and our back office engineering in India that will continue to be shared for all divisions. Today, these four divisions have comparable levels of turnover. 
But it should be noted that we also have service activities in product companies in the other divisions. And it means that the total service activity in our group was last year 7.2 billion Danish kroner, or exactly one-third of the total activity in the group. There's a huge market potential for all of these four divisions, as indicated here. The biggest is in bulk, with 90 million kroner of accessible market every year. In line with the growth of our group, we are also expanding our executive management with two new members, Peter Flanagan, who has successfully in Salt Lake City been developing our minerals processing activities, will be heading the non-ferrous division, and Pierre Minor Christensen, who has since 2005 successfully been heading our biggest cement division, will now be heading cement globally out of the head office here in Copenhagen. This new organization will be effective from 1st March, and when our new CFO replaces Paulie Tofte on 10th April, we will then for the first time have two non-Danes heading Smith. Financially, it will be effective from beginning of the year. The future outlook for our industries is bright in general, and especially for Smith in particular. And that is also reflected in our financial targets, where our ambition is an annual revenue growth above the market average in all our industries, meaning that we plan to take market shares. Our new key indicator for our results will be EBITDA to avoid the sometimes confusion around our purchase price allocations. And here our targets are 10 to 13 percent EBITDA. The numbers for equity ratio, financial gearing, and payout ratio are not new. And the investments, excluding acquisitions of 7 to 900 million, is also reflecting uh, the organic growth in recent years, for instance, with ongoing expansion of super service centers globally, with insourcing of manufacturing, of spare and wear parts, both in China and in India, and uh, other areas where we are strengthening, for instance, in an entirely new global ERP system. The guidance for 2012 is also reflecting growth between 9 to 18 percent, with a revenue of 24 to 26 billion, an EBIT ratio of minimum 10 percent, a tax rate of 30 to 32 percent, and as mentioned, investments of approximately 900 million as previously announced. We have for the four different divisions given indications of development over the coming year, both regarding revenue, EBITDA, and order intake. And you'll see we expect increase in the EBITDA in bulk, now that we put those two products behind us and have a strong order backlog. And generally, in the order intake, we expect increase also. So with that, the key takeaways from today are a record year for minerals and also cement did well last year in spite of the Arab Spring and slowdown in India. We are launching our new strategy as a focused full-service provider. And with that, four divisions instead of the previous two, and enlarging group executive management from four to six members. And finally, new ambitious financial targets. And you can hear more about our strategies if you join us for the Capital Market Day on 17th April, also here in the head office in Valby, or you could join us at the mining show in Las Vegas, or our offices in Salt Lake City in September, if you prefer. And with that, we will be happy to take any questions that you may have.
Yes, hello, uh, Patrick Sederber from uh, Nordea Markets. A uh, couple of questions. Um, the first one is uh, some elaboration on your new financial targets. Uh, and I just want to get some uh, elaboration on how we should understand uh, above market average. Uh, what is market average in the coming years? That's a very difficult uh, question. Um, and it's uh, difficult to measure. Um, because, uh, for instance, in cement, we have an indication in the um, uh, new kiln capacity, but that's still only an indicator. In minerals, it is sometimes uh, even harder. There are indicators, I mean, uh, uh, the um, CapEx for our major customers is uh, one indicator. So what we will do is we tell you this uh, as our um, uh, long-term ambition, and then we will guide you uh, more closely uh, year by year. And that's one, what we've done for this coming year by quantifying the exact numbers that we expect to reach both in, in, um, in turnover. Okay, thank you. Um, then I, regarding your uh, you can say EBIT and EBITDA margin guidance for, for 2012, uh, I, I just want to understand the dynamics because you're having a quite uh, significant increase of, of volumes in 2012. Uh, and, and why is not that giving a, a higher impact on, on the margins for 2012? You, you're expecting, you can say, a, a similar margin compared to 2011. Well, I, I mean, as you can see, we are we are sort of guiding down on the EBITDA margin in two segments. One is cement, because uh, the very profitable orders taken in 2008 and 9 are sort of running out. And you could say that to some extent also about the non-ferrous part. So it, it's these two divisions that are sort of pulling down the, 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 the average, and, and, and therefore you don't get a sort of a linear uh, progression on, on EBITDA margin because of these two divisions. <coughs> Okay. Um, the last, uh, just a clarification. Um, I can see you're expecting, lo looking on the order intake expectation for the various divisions, uh, we should expect that you are aiming for an increase in order intake in 2012 compared to, to what you were able to book in, in 2011. Yes. Thank you. <coughs> Uh, from Hennels Bank and Capital Markets. Uh, a couple of questions on uh, on your strategy. Um, if you look historically, then you're basically focused on three areas of um, of the flow chart in uh, in the minerals uh, segment. Uh, how should we look upon that uh, going uh, going in the uh, in the future? Will you also be trying to address the refining part of the flow, flow chart and extraction and, and, and etc.? That's the first question. In, uh, as we said, we will be um, working to obtain the full flow sheet. Um, and it means, for instance, in uh, minerals processing, that we will be looking uh, a bit downstream, where we see uh, technologies that are uh, related to some of our activities. But we have said earlier that uh, we are not planning to go upstream from where we are today because uh, of a number of reasons, but potentially downstream. But the primary efforts will be uh, within the um, range that we are today to uh, fill it for all the industries because we have a different uh, coverage if we go through the, the six industries, 100% in cement, probably 100% uh, in copper, but then uh, lower percentages in some of the other industries. And the second question basically relates to your uh, financial targets. Um, you're providing us with uh, EBITDA margin guidance, uh, but given that acquisitions are, uh, seem to play an important or more important role going forward, um, you haven't really provided us with any return targets. And I may be thinking about your experience with Ludovici where, where you're willing to pay quite a significant premium on that acquisition. How should we look at returns going forward? Uh, just one uh, comment. Uh, we can't uh, comment at all on Lutovici. Uh, we're not allowed to do that due to Australian uh, regulations. Um, but in general, uh, we can say that um, uh, I mentioned that the 
uh, purchase price uh, allocation is uh, around 200 million. And uh, you should see that the increase or the stable level of, of a high EBIT margin, uh, in spite of that, is uh, demonstrating that the acquisitions have worked well for us. That's how we, we interpret this. Okay, and, and just one uh, final question on uh, 2012 guidance, which is a follow-up to Patrick's question. Uh, I mean, 18% revenue growth and uh, you're almost guiding margins down. Uh, I mean, uh, it can't alone be mixed and, and cement margins. That's uh, the explanation for that. Or uh, Are we missing something? Are you investing uh, in, in, in the organization? or uh, What's the missing piece here? No. Uh, I think uh, Polyek Tafta gave uh, the, uh, most of the explanation, um, especially in cement. Yes, uh, the, the uh, very strong backlog from the boom has dried out, and therefore uh, we see a reduction in, in margin this year. Uh, we, we already warned about that uh, last year. And again, also in, in uh, non-ferrous, um, they've had some uh, exceptionally um, uh, good activities and, and uh therefore uh, are guiding uh, margins uh, um, at a slightly lower level. But one more thing. Uh, I mean, in 2011, we incurred sort of a lot of cost, uh, tender cost related to an increase in in order intake in 2011 compared to 12. So we actually incur all the time time as order intake is increasing upfront cost. And with the guidance of order intake also being up in 2012 compared to 11, we will also be incurring cost in 2012 that will generate a revenue in 2013. So, so there, there will still be these upfront costs that are sort of uh, dragging down the, the EBIT margin in 2012, just like we saw it in, in 2011. But it is a necessity to incur all these uh, tender costs to win the orders, and then later, uh, one or two years later, you'll get the reward on the on the revenue side and on the EBIT. So there's an element of, again, upfront cost in 2012. Okay, so I'll need to do one follow-up question um, on that part. Does that mean that you're significantly more optimistic on order intake in, in 2013? Uh, otherwise, the delta doesn't really add up. Well, I mean, uh, what, what I'm saying is that we think that order intake will be higher in 2012 than revenue. And therefore, we need to recruit people in 2012, incur cost in 2012, with a view to execute uh, revenue in 2013. So it is um, incurring costs up front. Okay, thank you. Cost Meinhardt from Small Cap Denmark. Um, 2011 was a very turbulent year in general, and also a lot of banks uh, was questioned again uh, with their balance sheet and so on. Could you give us an update on how your customers are doing on their financing part, if you see any problems here or if it's more more or less uh, business as usual? Basically, it's business as usual. I mean, uh, we, we believe we put the uh, financial uh, crisis behind us, uh, and uh, it may sound a bit strange, but uh, remembering that uh, we don't expect any markets in Southern Europe or, or the U.S. Uh, for the next year or so. Uh, so, uh, because where we are active, uh, we have the, the global mining customers, uh, they have absolutely no financial problems uh, whatsoever. And the junior miners practically disappeared after the financial crisis, so that is not an element either. If we look at the medium-sized regional uh, minerals customers, and that is the typical uh, element also, the majority of our customers in cement is uh, regional uh, medium-sized players. They are able to finance uh, viable projects. Um, it takes a bit longer. It's a bit more complicated, but eventually they will be financed. So we don't see uh, financing as a, uh, as a blocking factor. A totally different question. Uh, you are going to have, uh, I believe, eight super centers, service centers. Could you uh, elaborate a bit on that, uh, what the, also the potential here and also in relation to your new strategy? Yes. Uh, you see that uh, maybe it should be Bjarne. Yeah, it's fine. Uh, yeah, we are, we are actually building eight supercenters right now, seven, eight supercenters, and uh, 
and they are all uh, strategic placed in areas where we are. We have our customers and the density of our customers are and they will be servicing basically all uh, industries we are into. So uh, so um, it will be strategic pair, spare parts, it will be refurbishment, and it will be training centers. And we know that uh, it is uh, very uh, appreciated by our customers that we are actually hooking up with the customers so close. So it's a part of our strategy, uh, being close to the customers, customer intimacy, uh, and we need to be out there. I mean, we, the global excellence is about being in, in big centers where we can uh, uh, leverage on resource, etc., but being close to customers about our super service centers to be out there where, where the activity actually goes on. And also that you are putting together c- cement and minerals. Uh, what's uh, the big idea here? Is, is it because it's, it's more or less the same or... Do you need big changes here to get that to work? No, I mean, you can see that uh, many of the services really are the same. I mean, and the service approach is the same both in cement and, uh, and uh, in, in bulk and in, in non-ferrous. When it comes to audits, when it comes to check on the, is, uh, the machinery, does that really work uh, optimal? And, and uh, we, we see that uh, – so this is, it's the same skills. And, I mean, the way you train people will very often be the same. And we sell gears into uh, both industries, both in cement and, and minerals. And a lot of equipment uh, will definitely be the same. So that's the reason why we will, we will use uh, the shelf on the, on the warehouses as, uh, for both cement and minerals. I'm Sebastian Hubert from UBS. Two questions. One is on the minerals side. Q4 order intake was down about 20% versus Q3. Is there anything of a slowdown coming up in the mining industry, or is that more of a seasonal pattern? And in cement, could you give us an indication of what's your expectation for annual new killing capacity in 2012? Thank you. If you start out with the mineral side and you look at Q4, the total order intake was to the tune of 3.8 billion kroner. Uh, you decompose that and you'll find that the, the announced orders was 1.2, which leaves 2.6 for the so-called unannounced, which happens to be the run rate throughout the, the, the quarters uh, during 2011, uh, which gives you more than 10 billion in unannounced order and uh, thereby a very good base for uh, what we do for a living and visibility. So the rest... Uh, is basically the so-called announced orders. And as you know, they are, they are, they are lumpy. They, they will come in one quarter. We cannot predict when. So the fact that uh, we might have disappointed the market with respect to Q4 uh, order intake is just a statement of the fact that we don't know when these major orders will, will end up in the backlog, uh, as long as they end up in Ethel Smith's uh, backlog. To your second part uh, the, uh, of the question you mentioned about, is that a sign of what, what's going to happen during 2012? I can verify that uh, we are now, again, uh, sitting on a very large backlog. We continue to sit on a very large uh, backlog with respect to uh, proposals and inquiries. I can report that uh, as we speak, we actually sit and entertain the largest ever uh, pipeline in the history of uh, of Ethel Smith Minerals, uh, and again, uh, confirmed by uh, many interactions with, with, with customers, supported by the, uh, again with uh, strong balance sheets, and also uh, make uh, note of the fact that most, if not all, the diversified miners uh, within the last two weeks have been out announcing higher capex uh, expected for 12 than 11, roughly on an average between 15 and 17 percent compared to 2011, which makes us very comfortable with what was said earlier with respect to our order intake for 12 versus 11. So, no, the outlook is very promising uh, in terms of the mineral side of the business. Regarding cement, uh, we expect, we say, between 50 and 60 million uh, tons of new capacity for this year, which is expected to, uh, which is compared to 46 million tons uh, last year. So, any more questions here? If not, we'll uh, hear if there are any on the line. Ladies and gentlemen, if you have a question for the speaker, please press zero one on your telephone keypad and you enter a queue. After your announce, please. Ask... 
Good morning, gentlemen. It's Nico Dill from JP Morgan. I'd like to ask three questions, please. First of all, your new strategy clearly aims at improving um, your revenues in different areas, especially on the bulk side. Are you also aiming for some cost synergies? You hinted in the direction on, on the customer services side here. Second question um, is really around sort of the tendering activity that you currently see in the mining area. Um, one of my peers just highlighted, you know, orders were down a little bit uh, sequentially, wondering what the tendering activity is doing in Q4 or at the moment. And the third question is slightly more boring, but is around the working capital. Um, just trying to understand two things. First of all, these receivables, are they going to come back in the coming quarter or so? And what is the expectation here for working capital in, uh, in 2011? Uh, lastly, you highlighted tax implication on, on the cash flow. Could you, could you highlight to us what that means for the coming year? Before turning to uh, my colleague, Christian Jepsen, uh, on the minerals, uh, just mentioning that uh, note, the the, uh, when we talk synergies, when I mention synergies, it's not about cost. Uh, I mean, we uh, are cost efficient uh, throughout. Uh, this is a growth strategy. We plan to, to uh, increase our um, number of employees. We plan to expand. Uh, so the synergies uh, we are talking about, uh, that is uh, on a technological uh, and uh, sales basis. But Christian will address the, uh, the minerals activities. Yeah, I think your question was around the tendering activity in, in, uh, in Q4, correct? Measured up against the order intake? That's correct, yes. Just okay. sort of get, trying to get a flavor of the tendering activity at the moment. All right. Uh, as I said before, I mean, uh, I can verify that uh, the, uh, the pipeline that we entertain currently uh, measured in, in, uh, in, in Danish Krona is, is the highest ever. Uh, it's actually also, it should be noted that it's also basically in, in all industries, uh, and not only is it in all industries, it's also all, uh, all uh, geographic footprints where you see mining activity, uh, again, supported by uh, some very large capex uh, plants among our customer base, uh, looking both into 12 and, and 13. So, no, I mean, I'll say it's, it's actually, it's, it's never been more positive with respect to, to the outlook measured up against the, the overall inquiry activity and what we entertain all the way from what we do in our labs all the way to when we hand in a, uh, in a proposal. So, uh, again, a very high activity. And uh, finally, on the, on the working capital side, I mean, clearly the increase in, in working capital was related to receivable and the fact that a lot of our invoicing took place in December, so that means that uh, actually invoices were not due end of December, had it just been invoiced taking place in October, we would have collected a lot of these money. So, so I, I consider this a spike in receivable and therefore in working capital as a, as a one-off thing. Uh, on the tax side there, uh, what you are aiming at is that cash tax has been higher than uh, profit and loss tax. And that's mainly related to the fact that we have been selling IP rights uh, internally. And that has been affecting us negatively on cash tax to the tune of about 200 million Danish kroner, which is a one-off, and uh, which also means that, as you can see in our guidance, we will be guiding lower tax, cash tax rate than uh, P&L tax rate in the future. So we are guiding 30 to 32% P&L tax rate and uh, cash tax rate slightly below this 30 to 32. So it's sort of a, a one-off, both receivable and, and, and cash tax uh, one-off. Okay, thank you. The next question comes from Mr. Daniel Patterson at SBN Schilder. Please go ahead. Yes, uh, uh, good, uh, good morning, gentlemen. Um, I have a couple of questions relating to minerals. First of all, um, in the fourth quarter, uh, as was also previously alleged to, orders were a little bit soft, but as I gather, this is not really due to the market. The market's still uh, very fine, probably even better than a few months ago. Now, you've also said a couple of quarters ago that you were trying to raise margins or prices on new projects. Uh, how do I square that view, assuming that's the same, when you're guiding down on margins in your non-ferrous business? Well, I mean, uh, first of all, uh, let's not discuss the softness anymore about Q4. It, it is looking very good in terms of uh, the outlook uh, when it comes to order intake uh, going forward. 
What we said previously about uh, pricing and margin, I think we stated all along for 2011 that uh, the uh, competitive environment uh, is to such an extent that uh, the, the margin that we book has been flat throughout uh, 2011, i.e. what we are introducing into the backlog is at a lower margin compared to what we extract from the backlog that consists of orders going back both to 2008 and 2009. So what, what you will see being executed through the P&L in, in 2012 from a margin standpoint, will everything equal be lower than you've seen in, in the past? Hence the, uh, the, uh, the uh, comments around the non-ferrous margins uh, going forward. But does that also then mean that you're, you're still trying to raise margins on new projects, but it'll take time before it reaches the P&L? No, no, I mean, uh, as, as you improve your competitiveness, I mean, you always allow yourself to introduce uh, different pricing, and, and uh, that, that's, that happens in, in all different areas and with all different products uh, on, on a, almost a, a daily basis. So it's not that we, uh, that we lean back and, and, and wait for an opportunity. It's, it's, it's constant. We're constantly trying to increase the, uh, the pricing. But also rest assured that one thing is margin. I mean, the other components that we can control is, the, uh, of course, the, uh, the engineering part of it, and I said before that on the mining side, we still have an opportunity to offshore more and more of what we do uh, to our uh, uh, colleagues in India, and that will continue, and that's also part of the strategy, which will hopefully also uh, make sure that we can uh, continue to support the, uh, the margins in, in an upward uh, trend. Okay, excellent. Um, also, uh, in regards to minerals, um, you're saying that some of your customers are increasingly looking to reduce supplier base to maybe two or three in strategic areas. I mean, have you actually seen this? Uh, does it mean that FLS has actually been squeezed out of some customers? No, it means that FSMED indeed has entered into some uh, uh, supply uh, agreements with certain uh, key customers, uh, and that's why we make reference to, to the fact that uh, the trend in the marketplace is that the, the, the diversified miners are indeed looking to reduce the numbers of suppliers in order to get closer to their suppliers. And in doing so, F.L. Smith has been in a situation where we have positioned ourselves to be one of those major suppliers based on our broad offering, both with respect to products and services. But also the, the fact that, uh, that Bjarne alluded to, that, that we are expanding our soft service footprint, which becomes indeed more and more important as the customers are more and more focused about uh, reducing the operating cost and thereby looking at total cost of ownership. And you can only support that if you have a size of, as the organization of Apple Smith. And uh, I would say that uh, we will see more of those uh, major agreements being entered into in, in years to come with Apple Smith being involved. So really what you're saying is that you have probably squeezed some of your competitors out. Well, there are many of them, and uh, I, I don't know if, if we have. Or you can assume that that's a fact. But uh, also rest assured, I mean, a big miner typically have around 12 to 15,000 suppliers. Uh, so th there's, there's plenty of room in terms of uh, squeezing. So uh, you are referring to some of the, uh, the major peers, and uh, they, they, we, are, we are all part of it, so to speak. Of course. One, one final question, uh, unrelated. Um, you're talking more about this uh, uh, Helios uh, uh, program, really, and the initiative. Could you tell a little bit about what were the initial problems with Helios that you mentioned, and what are your, let's say, expectations overall from the system? Uh, Helios is just uh, an example that we are at all times uh, working to ensure that we have the best possible tools. We want to have cutting-edge uh, cutting technologies, and that goes for all of our IT systems as well, and that's what we are developing under Helios. And it is replacing old, um, uh, more outdated systems. Also, we have uh, made a number of acquisitions uh, that come in with different systems. We need to bring them all on the same platform, and that is what is going on. Um, and, of course, it, it uh, takes uh, time, and that is uh, all that we have reflected. Okay, so no reason for, for any concern? No. The next question comes from Mr. Paragun by Churchill Capital. Please go ahead. Uh, good morning, gentlemen. I was just hoping to clarify a couple of points uh, with uh, regard to Ludovici. Now, I understand that you're unable to comment on the takeovers panel process itself. However, if we start by qualifying that any deal will be conditional on a favorable ruling, could you please, in very general terms, guide us through the deal rationale and what strategic benefits and synergies you expect? Uh, the, uh 
rules and regulations in uh, Australia state that we're not allowed to comment whatsoever on Ludovici. Right, okay, understood, thanks. The next question comes from Mr. Lars Schoppen at Carnegie, please go ahead. Uh, yes, uh, last from Carnegie here, a couple of questions relating to the order and take uh, guidance. Uh, f f f first of all, I'm, I'm just wondering, can, can you tell me what's the difference between slightly increasing and increasing? Is it the number of yes. digits? Um, you're the of server. Um, if, uh, if we were willing to quantify exactly, we would have done so. So uh, you'll have to live with the wording. And, um, we uh, may be able to get a bit closer um, uh, uh, in a couple of quarters, but uh, we also need to see uh, uh, how the, uh, the markets develop for our different uh, uh, divisions. Uh, it's a new split up, and uh, we need to get some uh, data before we can uh, quantify. And, and, and then, then I wonder why your conversion rate is apparently going to go down in non-fairness, because, Christian, you just said that the pipeline was the highest ever in all industries, uh, yet you're only seeing uh, stable order and taking non-fairness. Uh, where did you lose out here? I don't think we have lost out yet. I think the, this, this is a guidance, and uh, I'm actually very uh, impressed by the fact that we are guiding about order and take because we've never done that before. But the, uh, so uh, it, again, it's, it's uh, service information, but uh, I can only say what I said before. Everything looks very uh, uh, promising in terms of what's going to happen in 12. So uh, let's see. So, so it's a conservative guidance. I don't, don't get it. We hope so. Okay. Thanks. No, no further questions from here. The next question comes from Mr. Klaus Kiel at New Credit Markets. Please go ahead. Yes, hello, uh, Klaus Kiel from New Credit Markets. Um, two questions related to uh, to the cement uh, division. It seems like uh, margins in, in cement is the weak point here in, in 2012. Um, but um, could you try to uh, give us an indication of, of how much the margins actually could decline? Um, for instance, is it likely that the margin will go below 8% uh, in 2012? That's my first question. Uh, I can confirm that uh, 2012 is the low point. Uh, cement is cyclical. Uh, we've been uh, through the low point uh, uh, after the financial crisis. We've exhausted a uh, considerable part of our uh, order backlog. Yes, um, uh, we'll, we'll see the, the lowest margins uh, in 2012, and then uh, things will start uh, improving again. And uh, I can't quantify it, uh, for you uh, what number we're going to reach. Okay. And then my, my second question is that uh, we have for quite some time uh, discussed that uh, the U.S. cement producers, they have to uh, reduce their emissions uh, sooner or later. Uh, could you give us an update on, on, on what is going on, on, on uh, yeah, uh, in the U.S.? Yes. Uh, it's a quite interesting situation because uh, there is actually a law in place stating that uh, you need to uh, reduce emissions considerably uh, for some types of emissions, we talk reduction of 90%. And it's uh, quite a technological challenge that we've taken on upon us, and we have solutions for all of these uh, demands. Uh, now, there's uh, a, a special political situation in the sense that the industry has protested against this uh, legislation, but so far, the administration has upheld the law, and, and it means that it is in effect. And uh, the law says that um, by the end of 2013, uh, all cement plants in the U.S. must fulfill these uh, new emissions. And if um, they should be able to do that, they need at the latest, um, a few months from now, by mid-2012, they need to order the improvements that are necessary. Uh, we haven't seen the orders yet because there may be some speculation uh, whether a new administration could uh, come in place before and maybe adjust the law. We don't know. That's all speculation. But we'll be quite interested to see uh, how the industry is going to react uh, over the next one to two quarters. And could you try to uh, quantify the impact it could have on your, your order intake? There are many numbers out there, and, and I can't give you the exact one. Uh, uh, the, um, the government says uh, some hundred million uh, dollars, and the industry, I believe, says uh, four billion. So it's uh, probably somewhere in between that. 
Okay. Thank you very much. Welcome. The next question comes from Mr. Oren Ibbotson at Goldman Sachs. Please go ahead. Yes, hi there. Uh, two questions, if I may. Uh, the first one is just uh, coming back to an early, earlier question on uh, your order expectations and the, and the implication on margins. Uh, maybe the fact that your margin guidance was conservative answered the question, but uh, how, how should we think about this? Your book to build for 2011 was about 1.1. Are you saying that the sort of margin drag from higher orders then sales will be higher in 2012 than 11, i.e. that you're expecting orders to have a sort of more than 10 percent higher than revenues? That's my first question. And the second one, uh, in light of the fact that uh, you seem to be sort of ramping up the, the acquisition strategy to complete your offering in these six technologies, uh, is there any chance you can share uh, return hurdles or some sort of uh, financial metrics that you apply when, when you decide on acquisitions rather than just that they're going to have EBITDA margins in line with the group. Is there any, anything you can share with us on, on payback time, returns, cost of capital, anything that you use? Thank you. Uh, just uh, regarding the um, uh, guidance, uh, uh, you mentioned uh, the guidance might be conservative uh, on on margins. I don't think we said that. Uh, I believe uh, the the connection was a discussion on the order intake. Uh, but anyway, regarding the uh, book to build, um, uh, we uh, as uh, already mentioned, we haven't uh, previously guided on the order intake, and and we can't uh, get closer to it than the indications that we have given uh, with trends. Um. And the the, uh, the final question uh, was regarding. Yeah, the final question is just on the your acquisitions. Acquisitions, right? Um, yes, uh, as you mentioned, we uh, have uh, one rule saying that uh, we we want um, a track record uh, financially uh, to demonstrate and. Uh, EBIT margin that is uh, above our group average so that it is supporting the whole group. Of course, we are also looking at the uh, payback uh, for the investments. Um, and uh, I can't share this uh, with you in, in detail. I can say they are in line with what is uh, considered uh, a normal practice uh, in the industry. Uh, the reason I can't share it with you is that it may vary depending on the strategic uh, importance of the individual acquisition. So that's a more detailed analysis where we bring uh, different metrics uh, into play, and uh, we are not able to share that with you at this stage. Okay, uh, and sorry, maybe I was unclear on my first question. Just to qualify, I understood your answer previously to why you expected margins to be flat or even down a little bit, that you said that you, you expected continued high order activity. So it's just, you know, if I'm trying to compare the development in 2012 versus 11, you clearly had very high order activity relative to sales already in 11. So if you would have a year-over-year, -year, you know, drag on margin because of high order activity, I would have expected that, you know, you're, you're expecting orders to be even higher relative to sales in 2012. Correctly, now I understand you uh, fully. Uh, yes, uh, your assumption is exactly right, uh, that uh, we have had a very active um, uh, year in 2011 uh, with proposals and, and order intake, and yes, we expect it to be even more active, and we see an increase in, in order intake generally in this year compared to 2011, so that is exactly right. Okay, thank you very much. The next question from Ms. Natalia Milov at Citigroup. Please go ahead. Good afternoon, everyone. This is Natalia Milov from Citi. I have three questions, please. My first question is on the cement order guidance. When I look at your additional cement capacity guidance of 50 to 60 for 2012, this actually implies a strong order growth compared to 46 this year. Are you just being conservative when guiding for cement orders to slightly increase, or do you expect to lose market share this year? That's uh, the first question. I can... Uh, confirm that we do not plan or expect to lose market share uh, on the country. Uh, the observation, your observation is uh, correct um, uh, from a mathematical point of view, uh, but um, uh, you must uh, understand that the uh, uh, total amount of new kiln capacity is only an indicator for our market for a number of reasons. 
For instance, it's important uh, where the capacity is coming up. In India, we will, for the same capacity, get a, a lower turnover than we get uh, if the capacity is coming up in uh, other markets. And also, we have a number of uh, other activities that are not directly related uh, to the kiln capacity. We sell a number of individual products, uh, uh, mills, um, coolers, and so on. Uh, so uh, it's not just about uh, kiln capacity. So we are guiding the kiln capacity to a fairly large increase from a fairly uh, low level, yes, but um, the overall cement market activity is uh, uh, consisting of a number of other components as well. Okay, thank you. Um, and the second question would be a follow-up. I, I wonder if you can update us on the tendering activity in Russia. In a sense, where do you expect the letters of intent to convert into orders? And perhaps if you can do the same with Egypt, in, if you actually see any signs of improvement in terms of service-related activity, whether this is returning or when do you expect this to return? Thank you. Yes, uh, regarding Russia, it's a uh, very promising development. We've seen a positive development over the last year and we expect it uh, to continue. We have a high proposal activity. We have a, a lot of uh, good uh, customer contacts uh, in Russia. Um, whether and when this will be converted into effective orders is always uh, difficult to say, especially in Russia where uh, their uh, financing is uh, quite a lengthy process. But uh, I can confirm that we have uh, uh, more products in the pipeline in cement in, in Russia. Regarding uh, Egypt, um, things have normalized to some extent. Uh, uh, for instance, that we are back uh, uh, operating at our uh, O&M contracts. Uh, we're producing cement, uh, but we've also uh, been asked by the owner to uh, reduce slightly. I think in one of the plants, we may be producing 90% of the capacity because um, uh, there's still some unrest in the country. It means that there's still some uh, pressure on the um, uh, demand for cement, and that is, of course, uh, reflecting the activities also. So the situation is much better than um, uh, exactly a year ago, but uh, on the other hand, it's not completely normalized, and um, it could take some time uh, probably before we see a completely normalized situation and then, increase in the economic activity again. Thank you. And the last question from me. Um, if, you, if you're looking at the new orders that you've booked in so far this year, how are the margins in those orders? Are they better the same as last year? Just trying to get a sense in terms of margin dynamics in, in the current orders that are coming through. Thank you. Uh, we, we can't see uh, any uh, uh, Change that is uh, worth mentioning. So uh, our best uh, estimate would be to say flat compared to to the last quarter. Very clear. Thanks very much. Thank you. The next question comes from Mr. Kenneth Lyling at Danske Markets. Please go ahead. Yes, thank you, uh, Kenneth Lyling here. Um, uh, just uh, I was a bit late to the call, but I just I have a couple of questions. Uh, first of all, um, could you just clarify whether Q4 this year? like Q4 in 2010 was um, was impacted by you paying out the full-year bonuses. I seem to remember it was 60 to 70 million in Q4-10. Could you just talk about whether it's the same amount um, this year? And uh, the second part, actually also related to the margins, um, if you could give us some comment in terms of when you look at your uh, total order backlog at the end of um, Q4-11, the margin on that versus at the end of uh, Q4 2010. Thanks. Let me just take the last uh, question. Uh, the, the backlog uh, in cement uh, going out of uh, 11 had a lower margin than uh, going out of 10, uh, which is a result of the historical development that we have uh, mentioned earlier. Regarding the... Um, Bonuses, I think it's probably... Yeah, I would say it's the same picture as uh, Q4 2010, so uh, no change. So you accounted or expensed the full-year bonuses in the fourth quarter like you did in 2010? Yes. Okay. And, um, and again, just the backlog in terms of the minerals business, the margin there? 
It'll be the same as in cement. I mean, the, uh, it was higher uh, end of 10 than it was uh, 11. If you just look at the uh, the percentage in the in the backlog. Okay. Okay. Are there any particular of your new segments that you would uh, new segments that you would highlight in terms of a lower margin or or stable or something like that? I mean, uh, geographical markets, or what? What is the question? Now, it's just whether, for instance, whether you are more, you are seeing an even weaker, let's say, or stable margin in the bulk handling business, whatever, or in the non-froze uh, business, or, or, or whatever. I mean, in terms of the margin year over year in the background. I mean, the, the best answer we can give to that is the indication that we have illustrated in the report. Okay, and so that, so that is a fair reflection also of the gross margin on your, on your projects that you see in your backlog? Yes. Okay. Thanks a lot. There are no further questions at this time. Please go ahead, speakers. Okay, thank you. Any more questions in here? If not, thank you.